Greetings and salutations to you all. This is Dee Dee Moonflyer. Welcome to Twilight Tonic, your weekly voyage to points distant and parts unknown. We'll discuss all things paranormal, spiritual, weird, and wonderful. So if you're ready, grab your favorite tonic, your best comfy chair, and let's begin. As usual, I have the most amazing guest, and this fellow is no exception. Dominic Valerio tonight is in the broom closet, and he's done some amazing things. He is the owner and co-founder of Upstate Supernatural. He has YouTube channels with Interview with a Ghost Hunter, Interview with a Skeptic, and M.A. Ghost Box, and you can catch him on YouTube. We're also going to talk about something he's doing with a wonderful medium named Jen called Loving Whispers. How are you tonight, Dominic? Good, good. Very good. Dominic, I'm going to ask, as I always ask this question of curiosity, why the paranormal? Uh, I've always had a curiosity in it, and uh, I've just always been kind of drawn to it. I started when I was probably about 23. Okay. I had a friend that told me uh, he had an apartment that was haunted, mm-hmm. and I went there and checked it out, and uh, it opened my eyes to, you know, paranormal activity. Yeah. Any any experiences as a child, or is it just mainly a fascination? Uh, when I was six years old, my grandmother passed away, and at the age of eight, I saw what I, I thought was a apparition mm-hmm. in my bedroom, and... Uh, long story short, if you ever seen the movie uh, Home Alone, John Candy's talking about mm-hmm. uh, this child uh, being locked in the funeral home uh, during the funeral of his parent. Uh, same thing happened to me with my grandmother. I wandered off, went into this room full of caskets. Ooh. There was an o- open casket, and I had the image of that person in my head um, as my grandmother. And then at eight years old, I see this other woman. And we're looking through photo albums like two days later. And I point her out the person I saw in my room and it was my grandmother. Interesting. So that, that got me interested back then, but I didn't pursue it. I mean, technology wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't there back then. Right. Right. So you're also a horror fan buff, aren't you? Yes. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I am too. I love horror movies. I, I, I don't know about you, but as a kid, I grew up with horror hosts like Sammy Terry, Dr. Creep, Elvira. Did you grow up with them as well? Somewhat. Uh, uh, the first horror film I actually watched was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I think I was like six years old. My babysitter <laughs> had a plane and I snuck in and watched it. Oh. <laughs> I just kind of progressed from there. I've always, uh, a lot of my friends are all, uh, they're into the haunted, you know, well, horror-based stuff or haunted things. Mm-hmm. So it kind of, I don't know, just clicked. Yeah, I want to talk about more of the paranormal stuff, but I'm really interesting because you're making a film right now 
um, a horror film, correct? Yeah, uh, I'm going to be making a Bigfoot uh, mystery horror film. I, I think that's the best way to put it. Does this Bigfoot horror film have anything to do where you grew up upstate New York because of the woods? Not, and... not really. It, it just kind of the terrain is here. So mm-hmm. that was kind of yeah. a part of it. And uh, honestly, my my sister's actually a big uh, geocache person. I don't know if you know the geocache stuff, but she goes out and searches for different items out in nature. Um, so they've been to like the Allegheny and stuff and they come back with Bigfoot stories. Really? You know, of other people and stuff. So um, it just kind of stemmed an idea. And I've, I don't know if I believe in Bigfoot, but I also, part of it, it's, it's just a curiosity of it. And I know it's one of those um, icons in horror that it has been done, but I want to try to do it a different way that, you know, a little more of like a, a mis- mystery horror film is, is the best way I want to put it. Mm-hmm. So you said your, did your sister sight have sightings of Bigfoot herself? No, she, but she's been out to like some of the um, trails and stuff where people uh-huh. have said they've seen, seen Bigfoot in the Allegheny area. And, and uh, I, I mean, I see signs all over the place um, anywhere in upstate New York where there's yeah. a lot of forest you'll see. You know, Bigfoot signs where people have said they've seen them. That's so funny. That's so funny that they have those because when I was a kid, they never had anything like that up there. Yeah, it's a big, a big, big thing going on nowadays. Oh my gosh, I got to go back up there now. <laughs> I haven't been up there in years. It's a beautiful part of the country. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I miss it. I miss it a lot. Um, there's a guy not too far from you. His name is Jeremiah. He's near Malone, New York. And I've interviewed him here before. And he says that he has Bigfoot on his property. Hmm. And he's seeing them. And he does dogman research, too. Okay. So, you know, that might be someone you might be interested in connecting with at some point. Yeah, definitely. I have his information that I can share with you if you're interested, but he's a really unique guy too. And I know he said he's seen Dogman and Bigfoot, which fascinated me right away. That whole genre always has fascinated me. And yeah, I met somebody that's a cryptozoologist and uh, I, I did talk to them and said, I'd like to, I'd like to get like, cause they do podcasts as well. Yeah. And I'd like to get, you know, maybe their podcast or something in the background in the film, mm-hmm. you know, like anybody that does anything, with Bigfoot, I'd love to get their stuff in the film just to kind of showcase, you know, there are people out there doing it. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I don't know how well the, the film will ever do, but, you know, at least getting people known in some capacity out there, you know, do it in a, sure. a nice, nice way for them. Yeah, I can send you his, um, the podcast I did with him and you can listen to it and I'll, you can find him on Facebook too. He's a really, okay. really nice guy. I really had a blast interviewing him. Um, my next question is, are are you filming this whole film in New York State, up near yeah, where you are? Yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll be filming it in uh, Finger Lakes, upstate New York. Oh, man. That um, so I, I have a friend that lives in uh, Amsterdam, New York, and there's a beautiful <laughs> area near the Adirondacks uh, that I'd love to utilize for, honestly, the opening sequence. Um it's kind of a, a hidden lake at the top of the mountain. 
Mm-hmm. And it's just beautiful. I'd love to try to utilize that. That's amazing. Doesn't the Finger Lakes have a monster in it, people claim? Yeah, there there was always theories of uh, Seneca Lake. They they never knew the depth of it. So there's mm-hmm. like a, almost like a Loch Ness monster or they tested submarines. There's always different uh, different things you'd, you'd hear about that. Champ. Um, or... I grew up. Yeah, I, I grew up probably about 15, 20 minutes away from Seneca Lake. Wow. So. Man, I'm envious. <laughs> it's so pretty up there. Now, you also do a lot with spirit boxes. Those have always fascinated me. How do you find spirit boxes being accurate? How and why and when did you figure that out? Uh, so when we first started the team, uh, we had the privilege of investigating the Finger Lakes Mall, which is the nowadays malls are kind of dying down. There's not a lot of stores in them, um, but the mall itself had a lot of activity in it. In it and I was uh, I was actually assistant uh, manager at a pizza shop, and my friend was a security guard, and he had strange occurrences happen in the mall. So he took me out. Uh, well, he was locking up and we experienced uh, like a class A EVP uh, uh, walls getting knocked on where there's nobody in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, just crazy activity. And from that, we we really both bonded and wanted to start investigating. Uh, but this area, actually, the county that I live in, they're not very open to a lot of investigators. Mm-hmm. So I, I wanted to pursue the field. but. Um, I was trying to find find a way to per- pursue learning more in the field as I was investigating. And I, I watched a bunch of YouTube stuff on uh, Ghost Hunter apps. Uh, I believe it was the GB, GB-1 Rift, something like that, that was mm-hmm. out. It was a Spirit Box communication app. And, and I kept seeing like all these different apps and radios and things like that. And everybody always showed the results, but they never showed how to use the device mm-hmm. and it kind of was like all right maybe that's maybe that's what i want to try to bring to the field is try to you know how how to use this device because i didn't know right. and i'm sure a lot of other people didn't know so the first first one i did was uh it was an android app it was the echo box um danny uh a big beard uh created that and it's i mean it's pretty well notable in the field mm-hmm. and uh that was really the first uh, episode. It was uh, Spirit Box Weekly was the, the series that started. And then from that, I started doing, uh, you know, the Radio Shack hacks. Um, basically, any any device that was like a spirit communication device, whether it was an app or a physical device. Mm-hmm. Um, I have used the Geobox actually helped repair the the very first one that was ever put out on the on the market interesting um, and then uh just from all that that's where the other shows came into play like interview the ghost hunter um started out from seeing a lot of people in the field that nobody knew you know everybody mm-hmm. knew the tv tv people but they didn't know anything about like you know the average joe that's doing the investigations right. so that that's where that show came into play and you can't have interview the ghost hunter without having the skeptics point of view because they're a skeptic keeps us honest you know they they push us to 
see what we're missing when we're investigating so that we can come across and give solid information, you know, to people that don't believe in it or, you know, maybe they do, maybe they would believe in it if they see better, you know, things out there. I think it's interesting because a lot of people I've talked to, even myself, even though I'm really into all of this, I have a, I think we all that are really, truly into this have a skeptical side. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hate to say this, but I've always been more skeptical of like other people's findings. And, and I don't like to say that because I'm not trying to put anybody down. It's sure. just, you, you never know, like, especially nowadays with the digital, digital right. age of, of things, people can fake things and you don't even know nowadays with all the computer animation and all that stuff. Right. Um, very true. But yeah, spirit, spirit box stuff, it, it kind of, it, it was just something that I wanted to try to learn. And from learning it, I just, I got more versed with it. Um, I've helped a bunch of different individuals uh, almost translate uh, with spirit communication, just because I've, after you've done it so many times, you kind of get versed with what you're, what you are trying to listen for. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's not necessarily, um, a lot of people will, debate on it the pareidolia of like a spirit box but a lot of it you're looking for like the ah ba da sa you know the the syllables Mm -hmm. from the words that are relevant to what you're asking ah interesting so if someone came to you and they just got a spirit box how would you explain step one to them dominic uh, first thing I would tell anybody is always record your sessions. Um, a lot of times uh, for a session, it is a lot easier to find your responses in the playback mm-hmm. uh, be- because once you s- slow it down, um, I found like a sweet spot is if you slow it down to 70% speed, uh, you really can hear clear responses. But a lot of times as you're doing spirit box stuff, you're you might hear... 30% of it. And then when you go back through it, you might hear the other 70%. Um, cause the real time aspect, it's not always there. Um, mm-hmm. but you know, with, with training, I think, yeah, I'd start out, you know, do like a 10, 10, 15 minute session, record it, and then just play it back, uh, slow it down. And I think you'd be surprised with uh, what comes through. My next question is, when you say real time, um, do you believe when they are trying to communicate with us, their timeline is very different than ours? Absolutely. I I, I believe they have no, like spirits don't have a concept of time. Right. Um, or we don't have a concept of their time. Right. You know, like um, I did a lot of research back in the day. There was a scientist, I believe it was in the 50s, that was doing spirit box communication or like spirit communication through radios and stuff. And he was talking to a scientist that was working on it from the 1800s in the fifties. And he was completing the scientist's work. And, but he would say, okay, I'm going to meet you on Tuesday at seven o'clock mm-hmm. his time. But the other individual he was trying to talk to, it was never on Tuesday at seven o'clock. It was always like, You'd have to leave the radio going, and then all of a sudden the guy's randomly there. There was no concept of uh, him knowing the exact day or time. 
Interesting. And do you find when you use the voice box, is it more active at night, during the day, morning, or that doesn't matter? Uh, I've, I mean, I've, I've done EVP sessions during the day. I've gotten stuff. Um, I've done sphere box sessions during the day. I mean, really, I don't think the time of day, mm-hmm. uh, really matters. I think it, it depends on, um, like your connection, I would say towards the other side. Like, um, I believe a lot of us have spirit guides that are with yeah. us. And if you can tap into your, your spirit guide, I think they'll guide you to like, help with that communication uh mine her name is rebecca Uh and a lot of times when i'm doing spirit communication i can kind of call upon her i know she's always with me and um i've had her help like other spirits as they're trying to communicate Mm -hmm. you know trying to let them know to slow slow down what they're saying um try to speak into the speaker because it's i believe it's more um vibration it's like the reverberation Mm -hmm. That, right. that giving the giving the communication strength. Now, do you consider yourself somewhat a medium, Dominic? Is that something uh, you're trying to learn or trying to develop? I, I mean, I've I've had a few visions in my life, but I really can't like say what they related to. Mm-hmm. Um, right. More or less, like I. I prefer trying to do like the sphere communication stuff just because it, I think there's answers within, uh, within death, within the darkness, within the afterlife of things that we can learn within our life, mm-hmm. um, to progress with other things. Absolutely. You know, I often wondered, and I know working with the spirit box, what is, the funniest thing you've ever heard? I know that's a weird question and you probably never had that question, but I'm always curious what they uh, have to say. I, so, so I don't really have a funny one, but um, a good person I, I'd love to suggest for you. Uh, he's actually a box builder himself, uh, uh-huh. Don Hunt, Huntington. Um, he played back one of the craziest responses that I've ever heard. And uh, it was a spirit box uh session that he did and he was saying the thing uh it was uh he does bacon sessions uh-huh and he'll be like cooking breakfast in his kitchen <laughs> and he'll have the spirit box going as he's cooking it and he'll ask spirits uh uh basically hey do you know what i'm cooking and all of a sudden you'll just hear bacon <laughs> And there was, there, there was one of those sessions he did. I mean, I, I swear I said it like 20 times. It was hilarious. It was like bacon, bacon, bacon. And it just kept going on and on and on and on. It was absolutely hilarious. And and then all of a sudden, uh, you know, you just hear, hello, John. And it's it's ridiculous. Like some of the stuff he's put out there is just very, uh, it's comical. And he's uh-huh. not trying to make it comical. It just it ends up being that way. But I enjoy watching his uh, his content that he puts out there. Um, I haven't really had anything funny. I, I mean, I've had like heartfelt messages. Mm, yeah. Um, I was in like a really uh, dark, dark spot in my mind and my heart type thing. Um, just really sad. Yeah. Uh, stuff was going on. And uh, I listened to the Beatles song, Let It Be. 
did an echo Vox session about 17 minutes after doing that session. Um, within the echo Vox session that I had, uh, a voice comes through the echo Vox and it goes, um, just believe in love, just, just love. And then I, on the, on the voice, voice recorder, as I was doing the session, I go, did you say love? And it goes, just love. Oh. And it, I mean, it, it was beautiful, but it was like that, like for me, that's, that's the type of stuff I usually get. I, I don't really, I try not to joke around too much while I'm doing right. the stuff. I mean, I guess sometimes you're, you're kidding around and things, but most of the time I try to take it as serious, serious as I can. Sure. So they could get their message yeah. across. So I guess it's probably not a good idea to bake brownies and try to talk. <laughs> You know, do, do you smell, what, what, what do you smell, you know, like what kind of brownies am I making or things like that? I mean, I've seen my buddy John do it. Yeah. And uh, especially the, he'll do the bacon sessions at least once a week. And I mean, they it's, it's crazy. Like the, you hear them saying bacon, 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 and it's just, it's, it's really, really interesting. It's interesting because I think there's just certain things when we leave, we must miss. Mine would be chocolate, definitely. And and I mean, a lot of people like bacon. Yeah. So, you know, I, it, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I'm sure chocolate would be the same way because a lot of people, you know, that is probably something individuals would miss. And yeah, I mean, it, it was a practical thing for him to ask that. And <laughs> it, it's, it's just hilarious. <laughs> Now I'm going to be thinking of bacon all night. I don't eat bacon. I'm a vegetarian, but just just knowing how many people love it and people walking yeah, yeah. through, you know, because I'm sure we get walk-ins all the time just passing by. And that would be something that would might stop them right in their tracks. It'd be bacon. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, there's so many theories and so many different things that everybody's trying to to figure out you know can yeah. they smell can they see can they touch you mean know, all, all the things as an investigator as you're going along yeah you, you've seen what other people are capturing but you, you know until you capture it yourself or you've gone through it yourself mm. you're still you're still skeptical i mean I've, I've seen door handles shake on there mm-hmm. by themselves um i've seen mist forming out of the ground um it looks like a tree coming out of the ground and then just disappearing mm-hmm. or i've seen one where Came out of the ground and started following my sister in a cemetery. Oh. And, uh, you know, to me, that was like them trying to manifest themselves. Right. Um, or like the door handle shaking. It was showing that, you know, they have the power to do that. But um, have I seen a full on apparition since I really got got deep into the paranormal since I was a kid? No, mm-hmm. I, I don't believe I have. But it, it could happen. You know, you never right. know. Out of curiosity, I hear mixed emotions about spirit boxes, obviously, but somebody told me, never do it in your house. How do you feel about that? Uh, so I I used to feel the same way about that. Um, I actually had a, a Ouija board. Um, it was really old, 1918. Wow. Uh, and uh, I had it at, at this old old house that I was running. And I remember showing my sister the place and I set the planchet down and then the thing flipped over and it was on yes. So I put it under the couch. I'm like, I don't dabble where I live. You know, I'm, I'm right, not going to do right. that. Yeah. And then I ended up moving. And when I moved here, 
I actually had the Ouija board under a clock that had no batteries in it. And I watched the dial move by itself. And that freaked me out. I ultimately got rid of the board. Mm-hmm. It just it, it freaked me out with that type of energy. Um, but then once once I started doing like the uh, the shows on YouTube, I mean, you you have to do it, you know, in a way, unless you own a property that's haunted and you're doing other things of that. I mean, you're going to do it in your house. And um, at first I was nervous about it. And then after a while, I've um, I've kind of turned it into more or less, you know, any positive spirits or any spirits that want to communicate, they're always welcome. You know, the doors open, they can come and go. Um, and then if there's anything malevolent, I've, I've had to smudge probably two or three times mm, yeah. uh, to do a clearing. Uh, but it's not very often because I, I try not to uh, push negativity. I try to push more of a positive right. aspect with communication. Absolutely. Who needs... um that not so good energy in their own home. But yeah, I mean, if you do it at home, yes, you're going to bring stuff there. You're going to, I had a, I had a spirit from Rolling Hills Asylum. I definitely brought home and he, he wasn't negative. He was, he was a a janitor there. Um, very regretful of what happened to him. And eventually I just, you know, I let him know, okay, buddy, you know, you're going to have to go home. You know, you can come and visit every once in a while, but you got to go home. Right. And then there, there's a little girl spirit that uh, she drowned when I think she was eight. Her name was Emily. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, she really didn't know where, where she was, didn't know what, what was really going on. And eventually I was like, you know, you, you're welcome to come here. You're welcome to stay here. Just, you know, if I'm trying to go to sleep, let me go to sleep. And I put toys out for her and stuff. You know what I mean? Like just just in case mm-hmm. um and she, she was around for quite a while and then eventually she she moved on i believe she went somewhere else you know went sure. to a different uh different home um or she passed on yeah. but i i've never really never really pushed the pass on aspect because i mean somebody told me this a long time ago that you don't really know where you're what you're doing with that unless you really know so if you're trying to push the spirit to pass on and you don't know if they're like going into an abyss or going to heaven, you, you really don't know. So, I mean, it's, I just try to give them, um, peace right. and, uh, like, like a home if they, if they need somewhere to feel, you know, cared about. So, so in, in your theory, and I've talked to a few other people that kind of have the same thought that you had give them their own time to pass over into the other right yeah i mean one of my friends a long time ago didn't believe in trying to pass somebody over um again i mean it it all depends on the person's religion it depends on sure beliefs And, and and does that change in the afterlife i mean those are questions still trying to push forward with um like all the spirit communication stuff that I've done, I've asked about angels and I've gotten uh, responses in that, that, you know, they believe in angels, but I've never gotten a response about heaven, never gotten a response about mm-hmm. hell. Um, and I've never really had uh, much communication about like demons and things like that. It's always just, you know, just peaceful and calm is usually what communication I, I usually get. 
um, unless it was like a benevolent spirit. And then you'd get swear words and, you know, they want to hurt you and all that stuff. Sure. I guess, you know, if they were a confrontational human being, they'd be confrontational in the afterlife. Absolutely. And from my understanding, like all the demons and stuff, they're very rare from what I've been told. They're extremely rare. Somebody, uh, I don't remember who it was, but they, they told me and, and it actually, it makes sense that like, you know, if a spirit is really, really strong, like a poltergeist, yeah. that would probably be something closer to a demonic spirit because there, there's so much power and there's probably a lot of age. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I would gather that with, you know, a lot of time, you're going to learn what you can do, what you can't do. Absolutely. Um, but I mean, I, I have to believe if there's angels, there is demons, just, you know, sure. if there's a positive, there's a negative, but I just luckily haven't dealt, you know, much with the demonic aspect and the paranormal. Right. I, I think from me talking to you, you have such an easygoing, mellow personality. That yeah. They're probably just like, well, that won't do us any good. He'll just sage and get us out. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I use the Palo Santo. It yeah. smells a lot better than sage. So. I love both of them. I use them quite a bit myself. So. <laughs> and in the house, I have to use like rose water because I have exotic birds. That's what you hear in the background. So sorry about oh, okay. that. I have oh, a, no, a 30-year-old Amazon parrot. <laughs> nice. Who nice. like loves to, every time it never fails, this bird has a sixth sense. If I'm talking to a male, she'll instantly say, I love you. <laughs> and before we had the fancy equipment, she would say it where it would sound like a human being sitting next to me. Oh, okay. And I'd have to edit it and apologize and be like, no, no, that's my bird. I swear. So she's in the background. So if you hear yelling, you're not being heckled. It's my bird. Um, My next question is, I think you, what has happened in your life has influenced the show, um, that I didn't realize you had that I'm very interested in talking about. And that's Loving Whispers. That's on YouTube Sundays at 9 p.m. with your friend Jen. And she's a medium, correct? Yeah, uh, Renee. Renee. Renee Marie. Oh, yep. I'm sorry. Renee. Um, and what what brought that on? So um, Loving Whispers, um, a lot of the shows that I did, like I always had an idea for them. And it mm-hmm. took a long time for that idea to really bloom into exactly what I was looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, like Spirit Box Weekly, um, eventually it it bloomed into what I was looking for, for the content that I was out there with. Loving Whispers, um, this is actually our third, I would say like our third season per se of it. Mm-hmm. Like the fir- first season, um I opened it up and it was more or less like if people had a letter that they wanted to like have read out for their loved one, we would try to do that and try to contact their loved one. But I got like a lot of, um, I would say trolls, you know, people that Mm. were on the internet and then they would call the Google, Google number. And then I'd have to quickly, you know, turn the, turn the voice chat down because they'd be saying obscene things. So that, so that like that I, I had to kibosh that because it wasn't working. And then the next iteration of it, season two, would be um, 
it was Renee Marie, uh, my friend James in uh, Canada, who's a skeptic, and myself. Mm-hmm. And we were just trying to, you know, spread love and, you know, uh, try to help people with people that they lost. And then uh, I did take a break from the paranormal. I was working on a, a film mm-hmm. and life just kind of changed with jobs and stuff. So time-wise, I didn't have time to dedicate to doing the show. So we did come back, um, just Renee, Marie, and I. And uh, she's been with our team since, I want to say, 2015. Mm-hmm. So almost almost 10 years. She's became one of my best friends. And I, I do trust, you know, in her uh, her abilities and so forth. Um, but my my dad passed away right two weeks after COVID had mm, happened. Sorry. And then my mom passed away last April. Mm. And Renee's mom passed away, I want to say it was last uh, November, October, November, something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, we both had had been trying to figure out a way that we wanted to try to talk to our parents, but we never we didn't want to do it live. Most of the shows mm-hmm. that I do, I like to do live because you can't with a live aspect. You're not. There's no way you're faking things. There's no way you're doing anything uh, sketchy. You know, it's it's live. It's real. It's raw. You can't change what's going on. Um. But we did do a pre-record on uh, the sessions because they're very private. I think I edited maybe five or ten minutes of questions that I had mm-hmm. in them out. Uh, but we tried to contact her her mom and tried to contact my parents. And and I do believe we we did reach out to them. Uh, we had, it, it ended up, it was a two-hour session. We split it up into like four parts. Um, but it was pretty, pretty crazy. Like some of the stuff that was coming through, I want to say it was probably the second or second, third and fourth episode that were the most, um, substantial for us that we were like, wow, we're really talking to our parents. Mm -hmm. But again, uh, as I stated earlier, like even when you're doing it, you don't know that you're talking to them. You might get 30%, 40% of the conversation. It's not until you go back through it that you really are realizing, wow, you know, I, I, (laughs) I'm really talking to them. And then, uh, yeah, it just, it may turn into another, another thing that we do down the road, um, as well. My grandfather recently passed, so it may turn into like a a grand grandparent session or something. (laughs) I, I don't know. But, um, yeah, she, she's very supportive of it and she wanted to be there. Um, I I really was standoffish about trying to communicate with my parents or at least putting it out there publicly. Right. Because it is a very private aspect. But I also kind of thought more about it that, you know, even if we do put it out there, there's hope, mm-hmm. you know, for other people that have lost loved ones that maybe at first you don't feel like you're talking to them, but maybe in time, you know, once you learn learn and kind of hear what you're trying to listen for um you might truly be able to talk to them again and they're not you know they're not going to try to scold you maybe a little bit but (laughs) i think they're going to try to you know try to guide you more than anything i think you know i just think that's a unique concept because i haven't heard of anyone doing that and i I am so sorry that trolls got a hold of the first 
the first yeah, I, I, I loved the first idea with trying yes. to put like letters out there, you know, somebody could, you know, write a letter, but part of it, I felt off a little bit too, because somebody's sending a personal letter to somebody they don't know for them to try to convey that, you know, during a public session, you mm-hmm. know, something that's public. And but, you definitely don't need the trolls to call in and. Yeah, it, it was bad. Like the, the one, there was the first couple episodes worked out pretty well, but the, I think it was a third, third or fourth. Mm-hmm. Uh, somebody got on and got on there. And I mean, they were very, a lot of profanity and just obscene comments and things like that. And I immediately, as soon as I heard it, um, I've always used, used a mixer. Mm-hmm. So I just dialed down their audio. Um, but it was like, after that, I was like, oh, I got to rethink this. And then the the second iteration with uh, James, I loved it. It was, it was, it was like family, you know, every mm-hmm. Sunday we'd be doing it. And as a skeptic, it was cool to see him start to believe because there mm. were there'd be times that like, yeah, I I just heard that and it was like, okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like you're you're seeing the the change of, you know, somebody that really didn't they kind of want to believe, but they don't believe. You know what I mean? So that yeah. was cool. But Renee and I we talked about it and we wanted to get back doing the shows and stuff. And she does her own radio show, um, does like interviews with different guests and things like that, but. Um, paranormal wise, it, it's both a passion for us and she's very, very gifted, you know, with right. the other side. She, she talks basically, she'll, she'll talk to angels that then convey what the spirit's trying to say, I think is the easiest way to explain it. That's so wonderful. I need to get in contact with her. I'd love to have you both on together. Yeah. Yeah. I would like thoroughly enjoy that. That would be an awesome Awesome gift. I think people would really enjoy to hear how you guys work together. I think it's so unique. Yeah, she, she's been, I would say probably she's been doing the radio show stuff longer, but I mm-hmm. mean, she came out more in the paranormal right around the same time I was pushing more publicly. Like I, I did it pri- privately for a few years, but then when we wanted to, you know, try to investigate other places, we, that's why we formed a name. Um, so, you know, that way you can say, okay, this team is going to come in and investigate for you, so forth. Right. But, and I think it's really nice when people do investigations with a medium. Yeah, she she blew me away one of the times because uh, I'd been to the place probably four or five times and uh, we'd never been up in the attic. And without even going there, uh, right before that, she didn't even know the address. She goes, "Oh, there's a circular window, and there's a chair in front of it. The woman in the house loves to sit sit in the window and look down the street, just waiting for her husband to come home." Aww. And and I'd been there, yeah, probably four or five times, and we just never went in the attic, never, never really looked that high up to really see the circular window that was up there. Mm-hmm. And then that time, uh the person that was letting us uh, go to the go to the place to investigate it, their daughter was there and they're like, Oh yeah, you guys can go anywhere you want. And we went up in the attic and there was a chair there, a rocking chair, wooden rocking chair full of dust all around it. And it was right in front of that window facing down. Uh, it would be South South street in uh, Auburn. And it was like, that blew me away. Um, 
And then another time I, I used to work on a tour boat. I was first mate for eight years mm-hmm. and uh, I worked for them for about 10, but uh, I picked up a, a nautical necklace and uh, it was like an anchor with a cross on it. Mm-hmm. And I ended up losing it while I was on the boat. And then one day randomly she, she goes, the spirits were talking to me and, and they said, I should get you this. And she ended up handing me, it looked identical to the one I had lost. There was no photos on Facebook. Like when I had it, it was pre-Facebook, pre, you know, social media. Right. So it, it blew me away when, when she handed that to me. Wow. I think that's so cool though. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I've always just, you know, just from other experiences in the paranormal, I've always kind of questioned investigators and, and, you know, psychics and things like that. And I've never asked her for a reading. Mm -hmm. I I, (laughs) want to be surprised in life, you know? (laughs) Well, if you're not careful, a lot of people use readings as a crutch. Right. You know, and if it's your friend, you don't want to, I mean, that's a lot of energy for them. Yeah. I mean, she, she's one of my best friends. I mean, she knows everything and so forth and very supportive. I'm blessed to have her as a friend for sure. And, uh, yeah, it was just never a thing. Like I've, I've never really had an interest in, you know, even, even tarot readings. I think I did Mm -hmm. one once when I was like 17, somebody did it. And after that, I just, I've never had an interest in, in that type of stuff. I've always wanted to just kind of live and find out what's going to happen next. You know I mean, element of surprise. Yeah. Yeah. I have now my brother, he's a reader and he can't really read for his sister. I mean, it's, he's too close to me. Right. So it's really hard on him. So, you know, I just really don't ask unless he's feeling down. He just wants to do a card because he just loves him so much. <laughs> and he still then he looks at me, he goes, this was fun, but I just can't read for you. <laughs> Yeah, she does uh, readings, and uh, mm-hmm. she's also a Reiki uh, master as well. Well, she sounds yeah. wonderful. Yeah. Pretty amazing. That's a lot of talent. Yeah, she's very, uh, very talented with everything she's she's tried to pursue within the paranormal. She, you know, she puts everything yeah. into it. So. Out of curiosity, um, what's next for you in the paranormal investigation room what what is up with you guys and what are you going to be doing uh so currently we are looking into changing our name from upstate supernatural to upstate ghosts mm-hmm. um just because in the past a lot of interviews and things like that everybody's always said upstate paranormal they'd, they'd always get the supernatural aspect uh kind of confused so uh-huh. i was like if i if we change the name from upstate supernatural to upstate ghosts i think it's a little more clear for people to uh, realize, okay, these guys are ghost hunters, you know, right. <laughs> they're not witchcraft or <laughs> mystics or any of that stuff. Um, but uh, yeah, this, this fall, um, John uh, Huntington, uh, he makes the spirit boxes, like the physical spirit boxes. And uh, he, uh, John, myself, my friend, uh, Dop, and uh, my friend, best friend uh, pat from high school uh we're actually going to be going to uh the hinsdale mm-hmm. doing a lockdown there um and then we're also going to be going to wildwood sanitarium 
And then the following weekend, we're going to Rolling Hills. So it's going to be investigate, investigate, have like, or investigate a couple days off, investigate, and then, uh, and then investigate. And Mm -hmm. then uh, John actually lives up in Maine. So he's going to be coming down from Maine to, to meet us down Mm -hmm. here. And then uh, my friend Dop lives in Amsterdam and we're, you know, we're going to do like a Amsterdam, New York, not the. Oh, <laughs> I was like, but, um, wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, we're, I'm, I'm interested in, you know, I, I've always wanted to investigate the Hinsdale. I've heard a lot of great things mm-hmm. about it. And uh, Wildwood is like right around the corner. Uh, my aunt lives in Jamestown. Mm-hmm. So I want to try to get over to Jamestown, do, do some more uh, stuff with uh, Lucille Ball's um, grave site. Oh. Possibly try to get into a little theater if we can, but I'm mm-hmm. not positive that can happen. But I went to see her last June uh-huh. and uh, my sis- it was my sister, her boyfriend, myself, and we went to the grave site. We wanted to see it. She's doing a geocache thing, uh, which again, it, it pushes her. If, if nobody knows the geocache thing, definitely look it up. It's really, if you're into nature and searching for things, I, I definitely think it's really cool for pushing people out there to see things they have right. never, never seen. Um, but it, it pushed us into that cemetery that Lucia Ball, her grave is at. And then I was like, well, since we're here, you mind if I go over there? I got my spirit box with me. Just, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we went over there. I did like a two, three minute session. Uh-huh. And it, it is on YouTube. I do have the session on our uh, YouTube channel. And, uh, it was crazy. I I want to say I believe I really talked to Lucille Ball. Really, ninety percent sure that I talked to her, and it was it was cool. Like going back through, I'm like I didn't really find any radio bleed. Like it was almost the whole thing was like spirit communication. It was insane. I am a huge uh, fan of hers, and for Pacific reason, there would be no Star Trek without Lucille Ball. Very true. Um, I, I grew up, my, my parents were older there in their seventies when they passed. Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they grew up with, with a lot of the older shows and my mom was a big, I love Lucy fan and, uh, Renee, she's also a, I love Lucy fan. Yeah. Um, so, you know, it was, to me, it was kind of just, just a curiosity to go there. Um, my aunt has lived there for a long time near Jamestown and I was like, man, you know, I'm, I'm just curious, uh. I really want to go to Lucille Ball's grave and mm-hmm. um, yeah, I ended up, we went over there. It's, it's, it's beautiful. You know, it, sure. it, they take, take very good care of it. And uh, yeah, I just did the session. <laughs> My sister was kind of looking at me like, are we, are we going to go? Like, we got to get going. <laughs> <laughs> like just, just another minute, you know? <laughs> what did you and get? So, what did you get? I'm curious. Um, I, I was just like, I was asking who am I talking to? And it goes, it, it said that it was Lucy. Um, I said some other things about, um, uh, thank you for the show that you did. Um, I love your show. Love your show. Did you have a favorite episode? And then a comment back was everybody asked that. <laughs> <laughs> and like, and there was even a certain point where like the voice was a little raspy. Yeah. And I thought it was like somebody else talking. And then my friend Renee is like, no, she used to smoke, you know, back in the day. Uh-huh, and did. in her older older years, her, her voice did get raspier. Um, but towards the end of the session, 
I said I had to go and, and then it was like, please come back tomorrow. And I, and I was like, I told John, I told uh, my buddy Dop, I go, we, we got to go there. Like, I have to go back. Like I couldn't go back the next day, but I got to go back there. Like they, you know, they referenced my name. Mm-hmm. They said, hello, Dominic and, and so forth, which was freaky. Um, wow. But they're like, yes, please, please stay. We want to talk to you. And I was just like, I, I got to come back whether it was Lucy or somebody else that, you know, you never know, but it was crazy. Like it was, it was pretty, pretty crazy. I think it's cool. (laughs) Being a Lucy fan now, I'm really fascinated. I I mean, I don't know how open the cemetery is to people doing it, but I just, as I said, it was like two, three minutes and so forth. And I happened to have the spirit box with me. Um, I think part of me, I wanted to go, do that but it was also you know i just had it with me and it was just was random doing, yeah well, i was debating doing a spirit box session with my aunt to have her talk to her sister mm-hmm. so but i i didn't feel comfortable in a way doing that in a certain capacity sure so, so i was like yeah uh, yeah a, a lot of people you know they all it all depends on the situation of whether or not they uh they're open to that or not. Absolutely. So other than talking to Lucy Ball, which that's amazing. Absolutely. What is some of your most memorable communications with the spirits? Um, I did tell you about the Echo Vox one. That one is yeah. probably one of the most, most beautiful, um, definitely one of the most beautiful messages. Um, and, and I mean, that, that, that was like a, a big, piece of like it pushes you to continue going forward because i yes i i'm not looking for the like the darkness i'm looking for the the law the love and the light and the and the paranormal um the weirdest experience i ever had was uh it was ghost hunter apps um scd dash one we're doing a session it was live and uh the app itself was on a windows tablet and it disconnected from Wi-Fi and then it reconnected, but it like glitched. Like mm-hmm. it wasn't, it wasn't working how it was supposed to. And then all of a sudden, like the communication was clear. Like somebody in the chat was, uh, my cousin passed away. So we're, you know, trying to say, can we talk to this individual? They acknowledged that that's the inv- individual in the, in the communication. And then all of a sudden it comes through and it goes, then I'm a ghost then. And we both, uh, my friend Ron and I, that were doing the doing the session, we we're just like, uh, <laughs> you know, we just kind of like, what, what just happened? <laughs> what? What? And you, of course, you have to answer that because you're like, uh, yeah, yeah. It was, it was just, it kind of, you know, sometimes you get weirded out, and you can't help that, especially, you know, when you're doing a live session. Uh-huh. That's the real, that's the reality of it. You know, you're gonna get weirded out every once in a while because you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. Um probably the weirdest one that I can't, I still to this day can't explain everything with it. Uh, it was a dark Fox, I want to say. And um, I was at another location. It wasn't here. We're doing the session. We had candles on the table and this individual uh, came, came into the chat and the individual used to do YouTube shows. I don't know if they still do. Um, they did a lot of shows and they provoked a lot. Oh. And mm-hmm. when they um came on the show, they're like, 
ask the spirits what they think of me. And when I did that, the candle lit like five inches higher, like out of nowhere. Like I asked that and I was like, like it just lit up mm-hmm. and, uh, and then I'm blowing it out. And then sure. right after that, you hear a voice come through and it goes, Edward, why'd you do that? And I like, it was the weirdest occurrence ever during like the spirit box sessions they were doing. Wow. And it was so clear. Yeah, it was Edward. Why'd you do that? We're just like, uh, (laughs) (laughs) and, and then later in that same, uh, same session, uh, I would say that was the first time I was ever like channeled through, um, my friend, Nikki, uh, Nikki paranormal. Uh, she had a, a loved one, uh, fiance that passed away and, uh, They'd, they'd been passed for a very, very long time, but she never got the closure. She never like got to talk to him. It was a car accident mm-hmm. and the person passed and she had his child. You know what I mean? Like there, there was a lot to right. it. And I'm sitting there during a session and all of a sudden I'm just like staring at the window and I'm just like blanking out. Like I'm just, I'm there, but I'm like almost zoning out. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden my friend talks to me. And like, I knew what I was saying, but I had no control over my mannerisms. Like, it, it almost seemed like I was high, like stoned or something. And I don't do that stuff. Mm-hmm. But during the, uh, during that conversation, I literally said like the nickname that he used to call her that I had no clue what it was. Um, and how I was talking was more like that individual. And, uh, we did a voice, uh, uh, a voice recorder we did a birth session and in the birth session I sent it to her um, you can hear it say in the birth session I will always love you oh, it was I mean it was beautiful but it was like the weird like that whole yeah. experience was just crazy the candles burst in and <laughs> it was nuts <laughs> you know I really like what you're doing with Instead of searching for the dark, finding the light. I, I, I mean, I when I really pursued the paranormal, I was trying to, you try to, for me, I was trying to how to live, um, how to live better. Yeah, was like the answers I was searching for when I was doing the paranormal. Um, and yes, there's the aspect of trying to help the spirits and things like that. But I mean, in some ways, you don't know if you really are. And I, I've always tried to, I can say my parents did that right. I've always tried to be an honest individual. Yes. Um. And uh, I mean, if you don't know that you truly are helping them, I think talking to them is is helping them in a capacity, yeah. you know, acknowledging them and, uh, you know, trying to welcome them. You know, if they, they probably feel alone to I'm a certain sure. extent. Yeah. Um, yeah, when I really deviled back in, uh, back in uh, probably 20, 2012, 2013, it was more I was searching for answers of life through death. And uh, and uh, what I found was love, you know, love and light. Yeah. So. I just, I love that philosophy. Thank you so much for sharing that. Yeah, absolutely. I really like that. I would like to invite you and Renee back on together in a couple months. I'd love to hear how you guys work together. 
Yeah, uh, I'm probably coming up, we'll probably do another parent session. Um, it was something that we both, yeah, we, we still had more questions and we, and it was enjoyable. I mean, it was, it was fun and enjoyable. You know, we're, we're both really good friends. We can kind of pick back and forth to each other and, you know, it's, sure. it was a good experience. So. Absolutely. Can you tell my listeners when your film is going to come out, the Bigfoot must kill at Finger Lakes? When is, yep, when uh, is that geared to big, come out? Uh, Bigfoot must kill, probably looking at a 2025 release, most likely. Okay. Um, my partner is working on another film. We're doing like two movies at once. Wow. Uh, he's working on uh, Pond Scum. Um, and I'm, I'm doing the Bigfoot must kill. Mm-hmm. Um, it, his films are more like uh, Roger Corman. Yeah. Um, type films. I'm trying to gear closer to like romero-esque mm-hmm. uh films with like the style that i want to push sure um yeah. so i mean big big film must kill will be the first film and and if it's you know if it's successful maybe down the road i'll do a sequel to it but i have another movie idea eventually uh for a second film it'll be a zombie film but awesome fun i'll announce i'll announce that when it gets closer <laughs> that i i love that stuff of course i do you know <laughs> who doesn't but you know it's been such a pleasure talking to you Dominic and I want to thank you for having me on thank you so much have a wonderful night and I look forward to talking to you again